Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and we're back for another fantastic week here in Las Vegas. So, um, I was actually going through uh, one of the casinos, and I found that there is something that some people need to learn, and uh, I'm here to help you out. So, it came up, it brought, it helped me with this idea of what I wanted to do for this week's podcast, and I thought it would be really, really cool to actually do a podcast that was uh, really focused around doing Las Vegas solo, because I know a lot of people like to come to Vegas. A lot of times it's in couples, groups, but we really don't talk about the people who come to Vegas alone. So I really wanted to actually highlight things that you can do here in Las Vegas uh, for people who do come to town single or you know by themselves or just want to get away and how to really attack the city, because a lot of times traveling alone can be very, very, uh, very, very hard. And I really wanted to uh, sort of explain to you why Las Vegas is actually a good place to be uh, solo when you're coming uh, on vacation. So this podcast is really going to highlight what to do in Las Vegas, even if you're solo. So sit back, relax, and welcome to Concierge Confidential. All right, everybody. So we're going to be diving into doing Vegas solo today. And uh, the first question is, can Vegas be a fun city to do alone? And I would say yes. It's definitely a city that you can do alone. I mean, any city you can do alone, but really uh, the, ma the major cities like New York, L.A., Las Vegas, Chicago, Miami. Uh, these are certain places that you might think are, you know, party cities, which they are. But you can still have a party even if you're here, you know, by yourself. So uh, I am currently single. So just in case anybody was wondering out there. But really, I bring that up because... If I, you know, said I'm never going to go out and do anything in Las Vegas alone, I would never go anywhere. So I've gotten really accustomed to going to places by myself, you know, because, again, a lot of my friends, we have different work schedules and it's really hard to sort of get together just because we're obviously on a different sort of timeline. So I have to go experience these things. So I tend to do them, you know, alone. And uh, I think this is a really good way to sort of explain that, yes, you can do Vegas alone. Um, obviously, there are some things that I wait in town for maybe my family to come do, like if my mom's here or my dad or my brothers, and then I'll do those with them and um, anybody who comes with them. Um, and then sometimes I'm able to do experiences by myself. So really, you can definitely do Vegas alone. So one of the things that has to do with if you do come to Vegas alone, it can be a little bit more expensive in terms of the... Uh, the flight ticket, obviously, the hotel rooms, it can be a lot for one person, obviously. So uh, usually the good thing is, is that you don't have to get a double bed. You don't have to get a room for, you know, a bunch of people, just yourself. So usually just the king room works. And then sometimes if you're really nice to the front desk worker, sometimes they'll be able to hook you up with a little bit of an upgrade. You can just say, hey, yeah, I'm here. I just got out of a relationship or, hey, I'm just, you know, trying to get away for the week. And sometimes if it's doable, like middle of the week, they might give you a free upgrade. So just say, yeah, I'm just coming to Vegas by myself and I'm just trying to have a good time. Um, feel free to share those things just because we tend to we tend to like to help people that are here, you know, doing it by themselves. So just drop those little hints in there that, hey, you know, I'm here by myself and uh, 
You never know. Sometimes maybe you'll get a date out of it. Who knows? But um, that's definitely uh, wishing for the for the absolute best. But sometimes maybe they'll throw you something nice in your room. So Vegas is definitely a thing that you can do alone. Also, the great thing is that you don't have to travel very far to do anything. So you don't have to worry about doing Ubers or paying for Ubers by yourself or going to different parts of the city. Really, it's some a city that you can walk up and down the strip on or Fremont Street if you like and find plenty of things to do. So uh, the question is, what are some of the best things to do in town if you are here by yourself? So uh, one of the best things, um, especially if you do like to drink a little bit, is hang out at all the bars and restaurants that are here in town. Um, usually when you're drinking by yourself, um, it's not bad. And the, and the best thing is, the reason why I always sort of jump back to this sort of hanging out at bars thing is that it's really a great place to not feel alone. Just because if you're out walking around doing certain activities, it can make you feel lonely. So I tend to recommend, you know, going to a bar, going to hang out, even if you don't drink, just have a soda. I've gotten into the habit of, you know, I'm just going to have a soda today. Totally fine. Uh, But, you know, if you do have a soda, just make sure you tip well, just because you are taking up a spot. That's usually the way that I look at it. Um, But I I tend to have a drink or two just to, you know, sort of get the vibe, hang out and people watch. One of the best things about doing Vegas, especially if you're on your own, is to people watch and not to be nosy, but really you just you hear everybody else's conversations. And what I like to do is I kind of like to figure out what everybody's doing here in town. So I do like to go to bars and hang out on the strip, sort of relax, chill out. And I usually like to pick bars that have live music or some type of entertainment just because it helps sort of uh, sort of sort of just get you out of the house, honestly. But it also gets you to sort of look at something and everyone's sort of taking it in together sort of as a communal group. So some places that I like to hang out at, I'm kind of jumping the gun here on, you know, places to hang out. Um, places like Mayfair Supper Club is one of my favorites. You guys have heard me on this podcast talk about it all the time is that I really just like hanging out at Mayfair. Like I'll go and I won't even eat anything. I'll usually just have a drink, maybe two, take in the music. I've watched this show probably 12 to 15 times already, but the performances are absolutely fantastic. And it's really hard to find a place that is consistently having live music every single day of the week, um, in the evening. So, I really enjoy that aspect of Mayfair Supper Club. And every time that I go, I always find somebody new to talk to. And really, it's it's not that I'm trying to talk to people. I'm usually pretty pretty chill and pretty reserved. But you just find people who want to talk and want to you know interact with people in this sort of setting. So that's why Mayfair Supper Club is definitely one of the best places to actually meet and talk to other people that are not you know hookers and prostitutes. So uh, that's another thing I want to sort of pass along, which I'll kind of get into this, is that you want to hang out at bars, but you don't want to hang out at bars that are in the casino. So what does that mean? So a lot of casinos have their casino bars, they're, they're really sort of just basic. I, I, always, I never recommend getting anything more than a beer from one of these places because as good as all the bartenders are, there are different levels. There's your, there's your restaurant bartenders, there's your cocktail bar bartenders, and then you have the casino bar bartenders, which are typically working lots of volume. They have to run through a lot of drinks. So I usually recommend you want to hang out at places that specialize in what they're doing, like cocktail bars and restaurants. So these places typically know how to make a drink. And the thing that I like the most is that they don't have the poker, uh, the poker machines in front. So the video poker, there's a reason to this. It's not because I don't like video poker. It's because when you go to a place that has video poker machines in front of them and you have other people that are by themselves, 
they don't want to talk. They're not trying to interact with you, which is fine. Totally their thing. Maybe good for you. But it's just sort of the aesthetic of like we're at a bar. We're here to converse. We're here to sort of listen to the music or listen to the, you know, anything that's going on. And when you go to a place that has video poker, that's completely secondary is the music and the entertainment and the vibe. It's all about let me just get these comps, 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 which, you know, is cool for people who are getting them. But for you, the person who's just trying to hang out, have a drink and sort of chill out, take in the vibe, it really kind of throws it off for me. So I have I, that's the only problem I have with video poker machines at bars. So kind of tough in Vegas, especially at bars on the strip. It's hard to find places that don't have that. So I like to go to places that have cocktail bars. I already can hear my friend Ryan, Ryan Hunter. He's been on our podcast before. He says, oh, well, you're paying an extra $5 to say it's secret or say that, you know, it's a vibe. And the thing is, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm paying for that experience. So I don't mind it. That's my thing. So that's what I recommend if you're, you know, coming to Vegas solo and you want to hang out at a bar. Go to restaurant bars are great. And also stay away from, you know, the casino bars. Because also back to the casino bar thing is that, I've never, ever encountered a prostitute or a hooker at a restaurant bar, ever. Uh, but a couple of other things that are really great to do in town is obviously people watching, like I mentioned, standing out. I've stood outside, and this was actually for an assignment, but I've also done this just for, you know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, is I just grab myself a drink, go out in the evening, usually it's a nice night, and I'll watch the Bellagio Fountains. The Bellagio Fountains go off every 15 minutes after 8 o'clock, and Really, it's a great place to really just take in the city, just take in everybody walking around you. Typically, there aren't a lot of um, like panhandlers and stuff um, being very aggressive in front of the fountains, which is nice. Um, you obviously do have uh, the showgirls who walk around who want pictures. You also have a lot of musicians and stuff out there as well, um, stuffed animals, of course. But they're really not aggressive here in Vegas. So if you do get one that comes in contact with you, just say no thank you and then just keep rolling. But really, that's where I like to hang. I'll just sit there. I'll just stand there, watch the fountains go, have a drink, chill out, and then just spend, you know, an hour just watching the fountains. And they're always different. So a lot of people don't know this, but the fountains are all different, you know, every every 15 minutes. So just keep that in mind. That's another great place to, to hang out at. So great for people watching, by the way. Just love people watching in here in Las Vegas. Um, also, another great thing to do in town is... Maybe you wouldn't do this if you're here with somebody, you're trying to experience different things, but checking out some of our museums. So I know that Vegas isn't known for our museums, but two really great museums I want to highlight are the Mob Museum, which is downtown uh, next to Fremont Street. It's really right, you know, right behind it. And it's a great way to, you know, spend a couple of hours if you want. You can spend three to four hours inside of this museum. But it does have a lot of like reading. It also has artifacts inside of it. It has a history of how Vegas became Vegas uh, with the mob and the mafia coming through town, controlling a little bit of it, a little bit, all of it uh, for a while. It also talks about the law enforcement that stopped it. It also talks about the history of the mob back in the, on the East Coast and how it got formed. So if that's something that's interesting to you, um, would highly recommend the Mob Museum. And also, again, it's a great thing to do solo just because... If you are here with somebody, you might be talking, you might be feel like maybe feel like you're taking up somebody's time, but when you're by yourself, it really allows you time to sort of take it in and really experience it at your own pace. So I would highly recommend the Mob Museum. And also, this will come up on a different episode, there is a speakeasy inside of the Mob Museum called the Underground. So 
Uh, if you want to check it on your own, that's fine. But we will be talking about it soon on the pod about some of my favorite speakeasies, which I love speakeasies. I think it's the coolest, sexiest thing you can you know do on like a date or sort of trying to impress somebody. I love doing speakeasies. That's always kind of my thing. So there's quite a few in town that I really want to highlight. And I will also be explaining um, what makes a good speakeasy, but that'll be up on, a, on a ne- another pod. But yeah, the Mob Museum, great museum to go to, especially if you're just hanging in town solo. They usually have discounts uh, depending on, you know, if you're a student or if you're a local, even if there's a locals listening, uh, the Mob Museum typically has local deals. But really, Highly recommend the Mob Museum. Another thing that you can do here in town, if you are alone, another great thing to do in town is uh, tours. Tours are really great to do alone. Um, obviously, if you are with somebody else, it's super fun to you know sort of point things out. But doing tours in Vegas can be very, very fun just because, one, it's not as expensive, especially if you're sort of somebody who, like me, feels the need to pay for everything, especially if you are a couple or if you're the person who invited, then you feel sort of obligated to pay for those things. Um, I have to get to that, get with that millennial sort of trend of just splitting stuff. I think life would be so much, much more affordable. Uh, but if you are alone, um, it gives you sort of flexibility to pick and choose the tours you really want to do. Some of the great tours to do are like big bus tours where you get to sort of ride through the city at your own pace, take pictures, relax, chill, and get great, great photos. So, and then obviously this allows you to create your own itinerary. So when you travel alone, being able to create your own itinerary is probably the number one thing uh, we love about traveling alone. So that's one thing. Tours are really great just because it allows you those flexibility to do these things on your own. So doing tours of the Grand Canyon, big bus tours, um, helicopter tours are also really great just because, again, just think of if you would pay for two people, it's divided by, you know, half of that. Uh, so and then the other thing is, is that helicopter tours tend to fill up quite quite uh, quite fast just because it depends on weight and all that kind of thing. Um, usually they're only able to squeeze in one person sometimes the last minute. And this could be really beneficial, especially if you are here, you know, on your own. Other great things to do in town alone would be the zip line on Fremont Street, which uh, is obviously something that you could do with a couple. But doing it alone is really great just because, again, you're also able to slip into those times that uh, usually wouldn't be, uh, you know, fulfilled. So that's a really great thing. All these attractions are good things to do, you know, on your own, which is great. Uh, but yeah, that's just sort of the, the basics of this is that you get to do things alone and you get, get to do things on your own time. So I always, you know, recommend if you do come to Las Vegas, doing it alone is totally, totally possible. So yeah, I've been here for, I've been here for about 10 years here in Las Vegas and, uh, I've done many things as a couple. Um, I've done many things with friends and I have to say it's, you get used to sort of like chilling by yourself. So I've, I've discovered many things just from walking on the strip and just sort of meeting people. I find that when you do travel here on your own, it does feel very, very much like New York where it feels, especially on the strip where you don't feel lonely. You don't feel like you're walking alone um, just because there's so many folks. So I have, have really experienced Las Vegas uh, on my own and really just exploring the city and really you find a lot of things in this town when you do it you know solo S- just because you don't have you're not stuck to an itinerary you're exploring you're discovering and I would say that's probably the number one 
the number one benefit to traveling alone is that you get to experience things that you've always wanted to experience without having to worry about somebody else's um, thoughts on it. Uh, I've gone to Los Angeles by myself, which can be a very daunting task because it is a very big city. But there are many things that I wanted to do there, like doing a studio tour and that kind of thing. So just think about Vegas as the same way, is that it allows you to do things that maybe you thought were going to be judged by somebody else, like going you know, to a show that maybe they didn't want to see. And just take this opportunity to be adventurous. And really, it sort of pushes you outside of your comfort zone. I find that traveling alone is the biggest uh, way to test yourself about sort of just if you're an introverted person to sort of break out of that shell. And really, the great thing about here is that you can make up whoever you want, and then people are just going to believe you. Um, and you're going to find that you're going to have a lot in common with people that you have to, you know, kind of force to talk to sometimes. So uh, that's really great. So I hope that you're able to experience Vegas, you know, if you if if you can do it, you know, on your own. But if you're a couple, um, all these things that I'm recommending are also totally doable. Uh, but just being open minded, I think, is the biggest part about traveling alone, especially here in town. So that's definitely going to be one of my recommendations. But again, um, I did write down that I wanted to explain some of the disadvantages to traveling here in town. So um, I do want to go over those now. So. By the way, um, if you do want to drop a review of Concierge Confidential, feel free to do it um, on, I believe, uh, Apple Podcasts allows you to write reviews. So feel free to just throw those in there. And if you have any um, things you want me to go over, feel free to sh uh, send me a direct message on Twitter, which is keys at Keys to Vegas, or even on Instagram, um, Concierge Confidential uh, underscore LV. And just send me a question. I'll try to actually cover maybe something that you want me to uh, create an itinerary for or give you recommendations on or cover a topic um, here in Las Vegas. I will tell you that I'm not a huge fan of telling you where the cheapest uh, things are just because that's not really my style or my expertise. But I just wanted to, you know, open this up for you and maybe I'll tell you maybe a place to find, you know, $5 lunch specials. Ocean One at Planet Hollywood if you're listening out there. So um, I did want to recommend some things, you know, that are the disadvantages to traveling alone here in Las Vegas. So um, let's go over them now. So I would definitely say I've not graduated to this level yet, but going to see a show on my own. Uh, seeing a show is, a, to me, a very communal experience. It's always kind of fun to do with another person. Um, I've seen a lot of the shows in Las Vegas, so a lot of the times when I go see a show, it's for the second or third time, and I'm trying to sort of show this other person what the show is. I want to sort of watch the show through their eyes. So seeing a show is sort of maybe not the thing that I want to do, but the good thing about seeing shows on your own is that you'll you always usually find a ticket. Yes, you're probably going to be sitting next to somebody. It's just the, the way it works, but finding single tickets is actually really easy to do, especially last minute for big shows like oh. Um, some other shows like uh, Ka sometimes it's hard to find a single ticket for or MJ1, especially on a busy weekend. And that's sort of the advantage is having just yourself to worry about. And single seats are usually bountiful here in town. So shows kind of a hard one for me, but I know that's for some people that that could actually be something that you'll be able to capitalize on. Um, also re reserving tables at restaurants. So this is one thing you're not going to be able to do if you're, traveling here to town is making reservations for one person in a 
restaurant. It's it will not allow you to do it. Um, even if you call, they'll probably tell you that we don't make reservations for single parties. Most restaurants will have a bar that you eat at, and that's great. So definitely take in the bar. Just know there are some there are some uh, limits in terms of what you can order sometimes at the bar. Usually it's the full menu, but sometimes restaurants like Mayfair Supper Club or, for example, uh, Mott 32, which I've also re- recommended on this podcast, is that they do tableside preparations, which they will not do at the bar. So like uh, carving the Peking duck or pecking duck. I can never pronounce it right. Feel free to explain to me how to pronounce Peking duck. Um, also at Mayfair Supper Club, they do uh, Dover Soul, which they debone at your table. Same thing with the prime rib, which they carve at your table as well. They will not do these things at the bar. So just keep that in mind that you don't get the full presentation. But usually these restaurants, sometimes they get full up. They do not have reservations available. But usually open seating at the bar is available. So that's always sort of the cool key to traveling in Vegas on your own is that you don't need to make a reservation because usually you can find a seat at the bar. Uh, so there's some people like my mom who doesn't lo- who don't like sitting at the bars, uh, but sometimes we understand that that's how we get into into these places. Uh, I have to say that typically if my mom's visiting and we're going to a restaurant, we will not be sitting at the bar tops um, just because I do know this. So I plan well ahead in advance. But there are some places that even don't let you sit at the bar. So uh, recently I was going over to the Aria Hotel, which love I, I do enjoy Aria's restaurants, but I find the Aria restaurants and the hotel to be a little, let's just use the word snooty a bit, uh, just because I've I've walked into many restaurants in town, the Bellagio, the Palazzo, I've, I've walked up to Cut, which is uh, Wolfgang Puck's high-end steakhouse over at the Palazzo, had a full meal, totally fine, uh, and I don't understand what the deal is with the Aria, like I don't, I don't get their their thing. I mean, I I understand they're a five star hotel, they're one of the only Forbes five star hotels on the Strip, along with the Encore and the Wynn, uh, Skylofts as well. And it's just like I'm trying to walk in. I'm just trying to enjoy your restaurant. I'm trying to talk about your places, and you guys have a problem with this. I've I, the thing is with all of Aria's restaurants, they're all on sort of the same floor. So you have Carbone, which is highly exclusive. Uh, you can't even make a reservation. You got to know people to get in there. So that's one thing. Um, I would also talk about places like um, like Jean George, uh, Jean George, which is a high end steakhouse at the Aria as well. Uh, walked in, full bar was taken. Uh, they had one place on the corner, which was also reserved for somebody. So I mean, these places are high high demand. I totally understand, but. When I walked over to Carbone and tried to just sort of walk in and sit at the bar, they said, oh, no, we don't even do that for the bar either. So, I mean, I feel like the Aria is just a little full of themselves. And, I mean, do what you will. But if I can walk into Cosmopolitan, which is right next door, and go to Scarpetta or Zuma or STK without a reservation, I feel like we should be able to do the same for your restaurants as well. And, again, single person, one person sitting at the bar totally you know that's all i'm talking about so that's what i you know just sort of disadvantages is that you don't get to make reservations for these places and sometimes you want to sit by windows and all that kind of thing but you know it's it's sort of like the luck of the draw kind of a thing um just kind of the you got to deal with sort of the limitations that come to you so 
So I did want to mention that there are little etiquette things that you should probably know about um, if you're going to be eating or drinking or whatever in Vegas alone. And uh, one of them is if you're going to be, you know, at a bar, bar top, this is just number one, common courtesy. Try not to be on the phone for too long. Like I, we get like, you know, it's life and you're answering the phone. Answer the phone. Have, have your quick talk, update, whatever. Tell them to call them back later especially at a full bar with people next to you on either side, you don't need to be on the phone. Um, I'm sorry. You don't need to be on the phone. You're here by yourself. This is a thing. If they wanted to be here, they'd be here. That's, you know, tough luck, but that's it. Um, Also, uh, definitely do not talk on speakerphone. And also, try not to talk on speakerphone while also FaceTiming at the same time. So this is obviously in regards to something that happened to me just a couple days ago. Sitting at a bar top. It's a regular diner. We're just eating person next to me decides it's a really good idea to pop up on their phone, prop it up, and have an entire conversation with somebody else, obviously, on FaceTime with the speaker on. So just don't do this. This is just a common courtesy that you shouldn't be doing these things. Um, Other little things is... Um, if somebody obviously does not want to talk to you, then you do not have, then do not talk to them. Uh, just let them be. Um, I know that a bar sort of invites conversation, but this is one thing that, you know, some people, um, are trying to get away from sort of, you know, talking to people. (laughs) It sounds kind of ridiculous, but they're just trying to sort of hang out on their own, sort of take whatever the city is in, um, kind of pick up the social cues. That's a thing. But again, that's just a, that's a, a minor thing. Uh, but little, little tips is that, Try to be friends with the bartender. Um, I'll say I've said this already, uh, but you know, try to be cool with them. Try to be chill, just because those are the ones that are going to be able to, you know, hook you up at the end of the day. All that kind of thing. Just, just be chill. And uh, another thing, I mean, you are single at a bar, and, and bar tops are made for single people or single customers. Uh, but if you can move over one to sort of help out, you know, a couple. Uh, Try to be helpful. Um, you'll never know. Um, I actually saw at a bar, I was at Mayfair again, and I actually saw somebody who found a seat at the end of the table, at the end of the bar top that had a, had a, had a couple area. So there was two seats available when there was a person on the other side of the bar that was willing to actually move over a chair. And the person who was going to sit at you know, my space was going to buy that guy a drink just for, you know, trying to move over and make space. So especially certain places where you get this type of clientele, um, you'll get that. So it doesn't hurt to be nice. So this just goes back to sort of the general rule of hospitality, especially if you're traveling anywhere, especially in Vegas, is that the cooler and nicer you are, the more things are going to happen for you karma-wise. So again, just be a good person, sort of take, sort of try to take other people's uh, feelings into account, but don't be a pushover. Don't move out of the way just because five people want to sit in your spot. Uh, one spot over, completely fine. But if they're making you move two, three spots, that's where you put your foot down saying, no, I was here sitting here first and uh, you can go somewhere else. So I just wanted to share that just as an experience that I had recently here um, in Las Vegas. Uh, not on the strip, off the strip, but just wanted to share that experience with you guys. Uh, just sort of remind you, be chill. Before I sort of round this part of the podcast out, um, I did want to highlight one other thing or two other things that are fun to do. So um, I found that shooting guns, uh, if you're a gun person, is really fun to do. 
um, as a single person activity. Um, it's all also like if you're getting up with a breakup and you want to sort of take out your frustration on something, we have plenty of shooting ranges that are here. And if you're you know here for more than one person, it can be quite pricey. But if you're by yourself, this is actually a great activity to do by yourself. It's just uh, they'll pick you up at your hotel. They'll take you to one of their gun ranges. They usually have fun uh, packages that you can choose from. There's like the range. Uh, sorry, the range 702 is the name of it. They also have... Uh, I believe, what is it called? Uh, Battlefield Vegas, which is also really a really good time as well. Um, there's one more that I'm forgetting, but these are all in you know in loca- you know relatively close proximity to the strip that you can you can go to. So shooting guns is great. Also, uh, the driving experiences are really really cool, just because it's really something that you're going to be focused fully on just driving the car, and then it's also you're there with the uh, instructor. Usually there's not another, the other person doesn't get to ride with you either. So it's really a great thing to do alone just because it is a sort of single person activity. Um, And it's really a great way to sort of get out of your head and sort of just focus on something else at that time. So we have a bunch, we have Speed Vegas. There's also the NASCAR experience over at this motor speedway. Uh, They have, so Speed Vegas, they have exotic racing, which is really cool. And you get to drive all these sort of high-end European and American muscle cars. So, yeah, that's definitely a great thing to do is doing the racing experiences or um, any of the gun experiences are really great uh, great to do as well. So uh, those are some of the things. Um, a couple of the bars I wanted to highlight that are great cocktail bars to go hang out at uh, that I didn't cover earlier are um, careful with the chandelier bar. It's very, very cool, but I've heard a lot of, you know, ladies of the night like to hang out there, so... Just be careful if you do go to Chandelier Bar. But um, one that I really enjoy is over at the Park MGM, which is known as uh, it's the Nomad Bar. And the Nomad Bar is great, you know, throughout the week. But really, the days that they have live music is really the best. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have live music at the Mott. Sorry, I always want to say Mott Thirty Two. They have over at the Nomad Bar over at the Park MGM. Great cocktails, really, really good bartenders. And I have to say, if you are here by yourself, a great person to talk to is the bartender. And that's why I always recommend cocktail bars because they usually have a little bit of time while making drinks or in the middle of making drinks to maybe chat a little bit. And if you are by yourself, this is also a really great way to get free drinks uh, because sometimes they'll make a drink and then that person didn't want it and they have to give it to somebody. And guess what? They're giving it to the lonely sort of single person at the end of the table. So I like to always sort of make friends with the uh with the uh bartender obviously i get to throw out the the local aspect of it like yeah like this guy over here um because yes we do make we do make fun of you and your drink orders just in case you're wondering if you're traveling from out out of town uh but yeah so i really enjoy nomad bar uh i also would recommend beer park uh, just because it's a great place to watch sports and also people watch as well that's at the paris hotel uh the electrica bar i've been there um, sort of midday, not in the evening, because it can get a little bit crazy and ratchet in the evening, but in a good way, in the best possible way possible. Uh, but yeah, Electrica at the Palazzo is a really great single sort of bar to go hang out at, because you have a lot of other party people sort of in that area. Uh, Ro- the Rosina Bar um, over at Palazzo, also really good. And if you're going to be in the downtown area, I would recommend uh, Vegas Vicky's over at the Circa Hotel. Uh, is a really great place just because it's a cocktail bar, sort of center of the action, a lot of people sort of walking through, and those guys and girls really know how to make drinks over at Vegas Vicky's. And then uh, last little bit is the Whiskey Liquor Bar over at the, 
uh, excuse me, the Binion's Hotel, which Whiskey Liquors is a rotating bar, which is always a great place to meet sort of people and sort of hang and have a common interest of something to talk about. So that's what I would recommend over at the, uh, the downtown area. So I'm going to be getting into the next segment, which it's just going to be, you know, kind of short, but I do want to introduce this segment today. Um, this segment is going to be called the Nick Papa Giorgio story segment. Uh, in this segment, I'm going to share one of my stories from behind the concierge desk. And uh, this will always start with one of my most, the, the most inf- infamous stories about Las Vegas that was made up by that one character, Nick Papa Giorgio from Yuma, Arizona. Look, I'm not through with you yet, bingo. All right? You're Nick Papa Giorgio. You're from Yuma, Arizona. You're into software. And stick your head in the hole and say Joey Heatherton. Right here on the strip? Smile, kid. You're in Vegas. Okay, everybody. So welcome to the Nick Papa Giorgio from Yuma story segment. And we are going to be talking about today, the time that I was requested to find a little person for a birthday which uh, this sounds very odd. Um, I've only had this recommend, uh, this uh, request once, and I have to say this is one of my more favorite stories uh, while I was working as a concierge. So just to sort of set you up, this was Friday. So just st- standing at the front desk or the concierge desk, waiting, just hanging out, just kind of talking to my coworkers. Somebody walks up and says, I spoke to somebody yesterday, and they said that they were looking into arranging a little person for a birthday party. And first thing I said was, wow, uh, I can't believe this is a thing. And I didn't say that, obviously, to the person. These are also in, these are all internal thoughts. But you put the straight face on and said, well, who did you book this with? That was, our, that was always the first question you ask if it was weird. It's like, who did this for you? Um, so then that person said, that person comes out. And a lot of times this does happen quite a bit. If it's a really weird uh, request or something that we haven't had before or something we don't want to deal with, we say, yeah, we'll take care of it and then come back tomorrow. And a lot of times that tomorrow is a day that we're not working. So that means that you got to figure it out and figure out what happened uh, if you're the person who gets that request. So anyways, this was around 11, 1130 in the morning. And this person says this. I find out who he talked to. And at that point, I'm like all right, you give me your phone number. I got to figure this out. I'll give you a call in like an hour. So first stop from there was to call the manager and say, hey, I had this request for a little person for a birthday party. Also, it had to be female. And before those of you out there that want to jump to the conclusion of what this kind of party was, it was just a normal party. It wasn't supposed to be a a little person stripper or anything like that. Uh, This person was just going to hang out with them at the pool take pictures, sing happy birthday, and it was all for about a 30-minute span. So between 30 and an hour is what they were looking for. So uh, this is what this person was going to do. So anyway, so I call my manager, uh, Amanda Rosenberg, who she is now the chef concierge over at the Mandalay Bay. So if you ever walk over there, that's the person you're going to be talking to. Well, maybe not directly because she's a boss now. So Got to might might have to go through a couple layers before you get to Amanda, but anyway, so she had the idea that we should call uh, Kalita, which Kalita is sort of our go-to um, crazy request person. So we've arranged interpreters through Kalita. She also always brought us cookies, which was nice. But she was the person who you go to for weird things. And when I say weird things, um, she has arranged a topless 
uh, dealer for a party at this point, um, or a topless dealer, uh, sorry, a topless bartender as well. Um, she's arranged uh, crazy proposals. She's arranged people to come out of uh, gorilla suits. So Kalita is definitely a force to be reckoned with in the weird department. So anyway, so we call Kalita. We find out with Kalita that uh, her little people were going to cost about $1,500, and they needed transportation to and from Oregon, which was not going to happen in the frame of time we needed to. And also, 1500 was not our budget we were working with. So... Anyways, um, I found another place, uh, Las Vegas Events, which this, the, this place has a contact for a little person manager. So this is a thing, a little person agent. And then I called this number, and this guy, certainly a character in his own right. We'll just call him Marty. And Marty let us know that, all right, I have two people that can do this. Uh, I have a male and a female. One of them is booked in California, but I think I can make it work. So we get to hassle, you know, haggling price. He wanted seven fifty. I was like, cool, seven fifty. That sounds about right for a little person. Like I've done this before. Um, I then call the the guest and let them know. Okay, we found this person. Everything that you want, they'll do everything. Uh, they'll sing happy birthday. They'll do the presentation. They'll hang out with you guys. All good. Seven fifty. Then the guy says, no. Uh, we have a budget. Our budget's four hundred bucks. So, four hundred is what I'm working with here. So then we get to four hundred. Then I call back Marty, little person agent. Marty says, "No, we can do five fifty. That's as low as we'll go. Is five fifty. Uh, so we do the whole thing. Also, it has to be cash. Hilarious. Has to be cash. So go back to the guest. The guest says. Oh, five fifty. That's kind of a lot for a little person. I don't, you know, are they good? And then I'm like, yeah, they're good. And then the guy says, okay, we'll do the five fifty then. So then we go back, talk to Marty. Marty says, all right, we can do it. So then we we got it all locked in. I feel really good with myself. Talk to the guest. Guest is cool. Then the worst part happens. We get the call from Marty that says, oh, this this little person is in California and they need to get back, but you're going to have to throw in another 50 bucks. I was like, and the thing is, is that you think just $50 is not a big deal. But when you're trying to get a client or a guest who has a certain price in mind and they're ready to pay it, you got to go back. So then I go back. I let them know kind of the situation that's going to be 600 bucks instead of the 550 the guy kind of goes back and forth, back and forth. And then we got him to do it. I was like, sir, we've never done this before. This is a special arrangement. We really want to do this for you, but this is the price that we're going to have to do. Boom. Guy says, yep, we'll do it. Once in a lifetime experience. Let's get it done. So boom, booked the little person, dressed up like Marilyn Monroe, and an absolutely fantastic time for the guest. So probably one of the more wild stories I've ever had as a concierge uh, that happened in one day. Oh, and I didn't mention, this was on a Friday. They wanted them on Saturday. So this had to happen in less than 24 hours to find a little person, get them to Las Vegas, and get them ready for the guest for their pool party. So uh, absolutely fantastic time actually figuring out and remembering this whole bit. 
But I hope you guys enjoyed that story. Um, I will be back next week with another episode of Concierge Confidential. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's ConciergeConfidential underscore LV. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, at Keys to Vegas. And again, I'm your host, Brian Ortega. Hopefully you had a great time with me today. And this is Concierge Confidential. Thank you.